just so you know. Some people may tell you different, but I'm really not. Just because I have red on does not mean that. I don't know if, if Major Donna Murphy, I don't know if you realize, but today is Reformation Day. On October 31st, 1517, is the day Martin Luther uh, nailed the 95 Thesis to the door. So it's, it's kind of interesting that we would sing a song by Martin Luther on this date, uh, as this is Reformation Day. So uh, she is correct in that... Uh, the fact that you read your Bible in English, and, and I know other people had a lot to do with that, but the fact that you're not reading it in Latin and someone else is telling you what to read, uh, we can thank him and his, um, his courage to do that. Uh, many times in, in when we think of these, these historical figures, we forget they had fear too uh, to do things that were not um, uh, common in their day. But we do want to focus, or this morning I want to focus, on some things the Scripture teaches us about our true enemy. And as we uh, read in song number one, um, that um, a mighty fortress is our God, and the need for that fortress is Satan. Now, there are people that would tell you uh, that Satan is not real. Uh, that the devil is made up. But the Bible tells us very clearly that we have an enemy, and that enemy is Satan. Uh, if, you, if you remember the classic uh, television series, The Twilight Zone, by Rod uh, Serling, in one classic episode from 1960, an American on a walking trip through Central Europe gets caught in a raging rainstorm. Staggering through the blinding rain, he chances upon an imposing medieval castle. It's a hermitage for a brotherhood of monks. The reclusive monks reluctantly take him in. And later that night, the American discovers a cell, a prison cell, with a man locked inside. An ancient wooden staff bolts the door. The prisoner claims he's being held captive by the insane head monk brother Jerome. He pleads for the American to release him. The prisoner's kindly face and gentle voice win him over. The American confronts brother Jerome who declares that the prisoner is actually none other than Satan himself, the father of all lies, held captive by the staff of truth, the one barrier he cannot pass. This incredible claim convinces the American that Brother Jerome is indeed a madman. As soon as he gets the chance, he releases the prisoner, who immediately transforms him into a hideous horned demon and vanishes in a puff of smoke. The stunned American is horrified at the realization of what he has done. Jerome responds sympathetically, I'm sorry for you, my son. All your life you will remember this night in whom you have lo turned loose upon the world. The American replies, I didn't believe you. I saw him, but didn't recognize him. To which Jerome says, that is man's weakness, but Satan's greatest strength. You see, Brother Jerome is right. 
One of Satan's greatest strengths is his ability to disguise himself. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 saying, Even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. Satan is a master of disguises. He tricks people into thinking that he is an angel of light, or even in today's world, that he doesn't really exist. When in reality, he is the prince of darkness. Charles Stanley wrote in his book, When the Enemy Strikes, concerning Satan, this is what he says, quote, Satan does not look like a terrible monster or a dark cloud and tempt you or make you angry. In fact, he does what he can to disguise himself and make himself invisible so he won't be blamed or fault as the enemy. He'll manipulate circumstances and situations against you. He will use people against you, people who will abuse you, misuse you, and confuse you. Friends, today, please understand that you, as a believer, only have one enemy. It's not other people. It's not circumstances. It's not a political party. It's not, a, uh, a, a, it's not anything other than Satan himself. Anyone who proclaims Christ as their Lord and Savior will in some way be attacked by Satan. Now, I'm not talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about what you see in the movies. I'm not talking about The Exorcist or some, some Hollywood movie such as that. Because you see, the, the devil doesn't work that way. His, uh, his goal is to destroy you from the inside. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10 and 11, Paul says, When you forgive someone, and I forgive them too, and when I forgive him for whatever is to be forgiven... I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are very familiar with his evil schemes. Let me ask you this question, something that you need to think about. Are you familiar with the devil's schemes? Paul was. The Bible tells us that, and we know this, to, to defeat your enemy, you need to know your enemy. Paul says that he and the church are very familiar with, the, with his evil schemes. Do we know the difference between an attack by Satan and just the day-to-day -day stresses of life? We need to know that so that we will be able to, as Ephesians tells us, to stand firm. Now, I want to refer again to Dr. Stanley concerning what is a spiritual attack. And this is what he says, quote, What is a satanic attack? A satanic attack is a deliberate, willful, intentional, and well-designed act intended to bring harm to a person physically, mentally, economically, relationally, or spiritually. Has Satan attacked you lately? You could say that Satan has four main objectives. Satan wants to draw you away from God. That's his ultimate goal. And he will do everything he can to orchestrate circumstances to draw you away from God. Satan also wants to thwart, our, thwart us excuse me, in God's purpose and plan for our life. 
He wants to get you off track and out of the will of God for our life. And he'll use anything he can to get you off track. I, I used to joke with my wife and say, why is it that on Sunday morning they play the best movies on TV? Satan seeks to deny the God the glory, the honor, and the praise due him. As we live godly lives of faith and trust in him, we have to understand that we are being attacked, we will be attacked, but ultimately, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is our encouragement this morning. Satan wants to destroy your soul. Charles Spurgeon said, it's interesting to think that God would die for a soul and Satan would try to destroy it. A soul must be that valuable. You can believe that if Satan has tried to attack you lately, he's probably tried to use one of these four objectives in mind. So we have to understand his schemes. We have to understand his plans. In 1862, the Battle of Antietam lasted for 12 hours and ranks as the bloodiest day of the Civil War. 10,000 Confederate casualties and even more on the Union side. One historian wrote, At last the sun went down and the battle ended. Smoke heavy in the air, the twilight quivering with the anguished cries of thousands of wounded men. Historically, it's considered a military draw. The Union General George McClellan was able to end the brilliant Robert E. Lee's thrust into Maryland, forcing him to retire across the Potomac River. But how was this possible? How was he able to do that? Two Union soldiers found a copy of Lee's battle plan and had delivered them to McClellan before the engagement. Let me, let me just say this to you as I get back to my illustration. You and I are no match for Satan. And that's not to say that uh, God does not love you. Of course he loves you. What God wants you and I to know is that he will fight for us. He will fight our battles, but we are to stand firm. You know, when you read in Ephesians 6, uh, and to put on the armor, and then what does it say? It just says in verse 14, to stand firm. How do we stand firm? We need to know our enemy's battle plan. You see, the truth is, just like General McClellan, our enemy's battle plans have fallen into our hands. The Word of God teaches us Satan's strategies. He know, we know now that he will tempt us with lies, with lust, with greed, with, with jealousy, with everything you can imagine. We know this knowledge because it's been given to us by God. And the Holy Spirit at work with us, we can resist the enemy's advances. Friends, when we think about a battle plan, this is our battle plan. If you're not reading the battle plan, you're in trouble. Someone once said that Christianity is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. And we know the devil's plans. Jesus described them in John 10, verse 10. He said the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Jesus also had this to say about Satan in John 8, 44. 
He says he was a murderer from the beginning and has always hated the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. That's why it's so important for us to be able to know the difference between what's false and what's true. That's why it's so important for us in the days that we live to know the difference between what is light and what is darkness. Isaiah wrote that, that in his day, they called good evil and evil good. That's our day too. You look around today and, and what, what the world says is good, many times the Bible would say that's bad. And what is evil, or what, excuse me, what is good, the Bible says what is good, the world will tell us today it is evil. We need discernment. We need to be able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong, what is light and what is darkness. What was read to us today from Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says a final word, be strong with the Lord's mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. Now, I am grateful that all of that is unseen. I don't know if you and I, if God decided to uncover the spiritual warfare that is going on even as I speak, I don't really know if you and I could handle seeing that. But listen to this. I mean, just listen to the words that Paul uses. Evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. That's not a Stephen King novel. That's the word of God telling us that we are not just living out our day-to-day -day world. There, there is another world going on that, is, that wants to war for our soul. And we need to be battle ready. And Paul says not to just put on the helmet of salvation or just to, to put on uh, the breastplate of righteousness. He says to put on all of God's armor. Yes, the devil is strong. He's not stronger than God. And we need to know that. We need to be wise enough to know that every day, uh, we don't put on this battle armor just on Sundays or just the day that you're having a tough day. This is an everyday fight. In the battles that we face, we need to be mindful that our heavenly commander-in-chief is sovereign and Mighty. We just sang it earlier, a mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. So that is why we don't have to fear Satan. This is not a sermon where you, you listen and you become afraid. You should be encouraged and empowered, but it's important also to know who your enemy is. Jesus said that in the, in the uh, Lord's Prayer, it's interesting, this this 
phrase. He says in Matthew 6, 13, Don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In his book, The Great House of God, Max Licato says this about the deliverance from the evil one. Quote, The next to last phrase in the Lord's Prayer is a petition for protection from Satan. Lead us not into temptation. Well, we know God's not going to lead you into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. Lucado goes on to say, Is such a prayer necessary? Would God ever lead us into temptation? James 1.13 tells us God never tempts anyone. So if God does not tempt us, then why do we pray, Lead us not into temptation? These words, Lucado goes on to say, would trouble the most sophisticated theologian, but they wouldn't trouble a child. And this is a prayer for the childlike heart. This is a prayer for those who look upon God as their Abba, as their Father. This is a prayer for those who have already talked to their Father about provision for today and pardon for yesterday. Now the child needs assurance about protection for tomorrow. Lucado goes on to say, The phrase is best understood with a simple illustration. Imagine a father and son walking down an icy street. The father cautions the boy to be careful, but the boy is too excited to slow down. He hits the first patch of ice. His feet go up. He plops to the bottom. Dad comes along and helps him to his feet, and the boy apologizes for disregarding the warnings. And then, tightly holding to his father's big hand, he says, Dad, keep me from the slippery spots. Don't let me fall again. And the boy's father is willing to comply. You see, in the same way, we have a heavenly father who is willing and able to keep us from falling into the evil one's hands. King David wrote in Psalm 37, The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, <clears throat> excuse me, though they stumble, they will not fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. You see, friends, God has promised us his peace and his comfort in the midst of the devil's schemes. You could look around today, <clears throat> excuse me, and yes, you could say that wickedness is growing larger. The Word of God teaches us that, that in the end that we would see more evil in the world. And it would not be seen as evil. In fact, even as believers, we are even desensitized to the evil around us. But God has promised that he will be with us. First John, he wrote, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Lucado ends with this, The last few slips have taught us the walk is too treacherous to make alone. So we place our small hand in his large one, and we also pray, Keep me from evil. We can be encouraged today with the knowledge that if we're on the Lord's side, now not if he's on our side, don't pray that, Lord, be on my team. 
Be on my side. Our prayer should be we are on the Lord's side. Because if we are, we will be victorious in our resistance against Satan. Notice the Bible does not tell us to go fight him. It tells us to stand firm, to keep doing what we're supposed to be doing, to keep in communion with God, to keep fellowshipping with other believers, to keep doing the things that God has already told us to do, and as we do those things, we will stand firm. You see, just like the Union General, we know our enemy's plan. We know our enemy has already been destroyed as well. When Jesus died and rose again, the battle was over. So all these other things that come against us, all these other things that are going on, it's just Satan's way of trying to discourage you. What a great tool he has. Now, he has a lot of tools in his toolbox. Don't get me wrong. But if I already know how he will use those tools, they won't be near as effective. That's our job this morning, to read God's word, to stay in communion with him so that we will be able to resist. 1 John 4, verse 4, The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. May God help us use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to resist the devil and his attacks on us. As Evangeline comes and plays, I've asked her to play the song, I'm in His Hands. Whatever the future holds, I'm in His hands. The days I cannot see have all been planned for me. His way is best you see, I'm in his hands. Friends, today, if, if, if you have felt oppressed by Satan, if you realize he is trying to discourage you, he's trying to throw you off track, I would invite you to pray. I would invite you to come and pray to realize you're not alone in your struggles. God is with you. God is stronger. And in fact, we're even told that God is stronger, and if you're a believer, the Spirit of God who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. You and I are not stronger than Satan, but that verse teaches us that God is. He is greater. And if you're feeling discouraged, overwhelmed, I want you to know this morning, God is greater than all your troubles, and He wants you to know that he can help you.